It's hard times for the American dream. It's Harley Quinn on Amigos. Everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about Harlequin. Did you like how I snuck in those Harley Race references? Harley yeah. Race? Well, I, th- I was thinking Harley Bam. Quinn, the, the, the sexy clown girl from the old Batman the Animated Series, where she oh. gained all I, could, her... I guess I could have done that annoying high voice. That would have been an pr- appropriate opening. You Mr. J! <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know I, I was sort of uh, uh, amazed to learn that that character was created uh, for the animated series. She yeah. debuted on the cartoon. Yeah, they the animate. First of all, uh, the animated series uh, bowed down. It's so great, all right. Uh, and secondly, uh, that she wasn't the only one either. And they took a lot of characters that no one gave a crap about and made them not suck. Like uh, but, Man uh, Bat. Well, when <laughs> well, I gave it a whirl, but. Uh, Harley Quinn was num- definitely the number one success story, and then ultimately she ended up moving into the comics, and now she—I guess she's a semi-movie star. I mean, people want to dress like her. I know that. Well, uh, anytime uh, you've got a, a hot, sexy bride, there's going to be people dressing like her. Well, so. yeah, I suppose you're right. She's uh, she's nuts, you know. I've known mm-hmm. a lot of chicks that reminded me of Harley Quinn, except for the hot sectionists. But uh, they, they got they got the rest <laughs> of it down pat. Boat. Now, listen, you know, when you think of Harley Quinn, right? What uh, give me right off the top of your head? Give me three things you think of. The girl from the the Batman, right? That's one. And I just think I think about your court jester, just sort yeah. of in general, uh, and probably like playing cards, like playing card suits, right? I'm the same way, except also I'll add in. Remember the one? Wasn't there a series of books called like Harlequin Romance novels? Oh, you're right. Yeah, you always find those at the flea market. Do you? T- it's just that's exactly where I was going to go. I see those things everywhere, man. You can insulate your house with those old things. Have you ever read yeah. any of the romance? Do any men read the romance novels? Well, when when I was a younger, we used to visit my grandfather in Louisville, my grandparents, and my aunt is it's one of those things. She's something like 13 or 14 years younger than my dad. So she was yeah. still, when I was young, she was still like, and she'd already moved out of the house, but just barely. But all of her old stuff was there. Yeah. And she had on a shelf, she had a pile of these Harlequin romance books. And so, you know, what? when you're when you are you sort of in that, you know, 11, 12 year old phase, you open one of those bad boys up because you look at the cover. What do you see? Ripped bodice. That's what you yeah. see. Or pirates so, or yeah. guys like like he's got a chick in one hand and he's like fighting up a bear. Right, you know? right. And so you just flip towards the steamy parts, and you go, ooh, steamy. Is that <laughs> – you know, if you're the author – because I'm assuming, like, tons of people wrote those, right? Not, yeah. not just, like, one yeah. dude cranking them out. Like, how much gratification is it when people ask you if you're published? You say, yeah, I'm published. And it's like, well, what have you written? It's like, I wrote, like, uh, Woman Falls for a Pirate, number six, in Harlequin <laughs> Romance series. You know, I guess well, that's that's when you use the pen name, right? The thing is, though, you know the reason why there are so many copies of those books around is because all those books sold a million billion copies. Yeah. So if you're publishing Harlequin romance novels, if you wrote one of the one of the ones that took off, then you're probably set for life. You know, but what I imagine of... that the people you you have to get the right cover because those yeah. things sell on the cover, it's... and so <laughs> yeah, like if you could put together, oh, if you're like, let's say you're the executive boat. Because mm-hmm. I think you know, listen, you're in a you've got a great marriage. Everyone knows that you're a romantic type. I am well, yeah. well read, well bred. So, if you were going to put a cover together to move a bunch of volumes of book, like what would just off the top of your head, what would be on the cover? Well, you got to think. Okay, are you are you you're selling these ostensibly to women? Okay. Right. So I think that they really a lot of these books they sort of took the wrong tack. Uh-huh. They show they show the man, but it's always the woman that's in his arms that's sort of being ravished. What yeah. I would do is I'd spend a lot more time showing off the physique of the man on the cover, right? And uh, and then sort of just putting a little bit of the woman there in the corner, you know? right? That's what because you don't do. want to get jealous of her. So, right. but what's the guy doing? 
and you're on your cover. Oh. His shirt's oh, all okay. ripped up and crap. Yeah, his, like, shirt, what's he doing? his shirt, his his blouse is askew. Okay, uh, so he's wearing the puffy shirt, that sort yeah, of thing. Puffy yeah. shirt, exactly. And he's just sort of standing on a rock formation with the yeah. sun coming up behind him. Yeah, and he's just reaching out. His hands just reaching out for the yeah. for the for the young lass to read his novel. Yeah. See what if it was me, I was going to put one of these together. I do it a little bit differently. The guy had no shirt at all, right? and he had one of those like real short like biker pants, you know. Okay, and he Lance but he Armstrong. would also be on. He'd also be stood up on a rock because that's part mm-hmm. of it. The rock the is sun, essential. The sun would be setting in the background, and the girl is just like taking in the scene, right? Yeah, you see her like the back of her head, like you're her. And in one hand, the guy's choking out a tiger. You know, he's got it by the throat. <laughs> and in the other hand, this dude just prepared this chick a souffle on a tray. Mm, He's yeah. like, because hey, he could cook. He does it right. all, man. Yeah, that's my yeah. cover. Listen, and, you know, they should have consulted you when they were when they were designing these things because that's a winner. You call it Tiger Souffle, I believe like, it would be the name of that one. I like it. None of that stuff in today's game, though. Boat, not a bit. <laughs> Let's talk about what is in today's game here in Harlem, shall we? Man, what a love theme in today's game, Boat. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. That's a, that'll get you going right there. Very nice. Uh, this week, everybody, we're looking at Harlequin, a uh, 1992 offering uh, from the Warp Factory. The Warp Factory, Boat. What do, you, do you remember anything about the Warp Factory? Uh, I think that this was I, was... I was trying to do a little research because I hadn't heard of this, this, this developer before. I believe... That their 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 output was pretty small. I think they only had one game published before this one, and it might have been an ST exclusive. So according to uh, our good buddies, and I'm going to plug plug. It's our good buddies over at Lemon Amiga. Lemon Amiga. Uh, the War Factory was responsible for a game called Battlebound. Never heard of that one. Mm-hmm. But then they were also responsible for one of the King Dong Zool Two. Zool oh, Two. Right. Right, because there. I believe the coder of this game, that was his, uh, he went on, he took the platforming knowledge that he'd, he'd uh, honed in Harlequin and put it forth under the Zool moniker. Yeah, well, you know, you're right. That's exactly right. Andy Finley, who coded this. Uh, this one was published by your favorites, Gremlin. Uh, Grim, you know, Gremlin, but, uh, you know, I know you love to hassle Gremlin. You love to hassle no, I don't. I've never Brothers. hassled Gremlin. Well, you I hate love you. Gremlin. Oh, you love Gremlin. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to go back. They're the I'm only ones I don't hate. Uh, well, I, I was looking over the their offerings, just to, just to name a few here, because we've played so many of these. Mm-hmm. They, by the way, they did the, the Amiga version of Deflector. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, they also did Greg Norman's Golf. Uh, they did also Hate, great. another one I played. We both played on the Specky. Uh, they did uh, Ultimate. They did John Lowe's Ultimate Darts. How have we not played that? I hope that's coming up soon. Do you remember John Lowe? I don't remember he him. He sounds in the dark. like somebody that we're going to end up watching YouTube videos of all week, just like Jockey yeah. Wilson and yeah. uh, Jimmy the Whirlwind Snooker. And they also did Plan Nine from Outer Space, Nigel Mansell Games, Mickey Mouse, and of course this thing called the Lotus Series. You may have heard of? <laughs> so they they had their hands in a few pies uh, uh, when it comes to that sort of thing, and many more games. You know, Venus the Flytrap, the Zools, the Switchblades, Technicup, tons of stuff. Uh, the uh, boat mentioned the coder, coder was Andy Finley. Uh, this one was produced by Pete Cook. He was behind F1 Grand Prix, Granny's Garden, Tower Bab on World Circuit. Uh, and the graphics on this also by a fellow named Ed Campbell, who also worked on Battle Battle Zool 2. And the music in this, if you like the music, uh, you've probably heard of Barry Leach. I believe his name mm-hmm. Leach. Uh, he's worked on tons of stuff. Uh, just to knock he off did a the, few. Uh, the, uh, he did the. Uh, he, I think he did the Lotus music, didn't he? Lotus Two, yeah, Switch, yeah. Uh, Silkworm, Switchblade Two, Hero Quest, tons of other stuff. It's the same that we keep having to say the word Switchblade. I just wish we could erase that game from existence. You know, it's funny. I just got a note this week from a fellow, one of our listeners, who was telling me that we've got we've got to get around to playing Switchblade Two because it would to rectify and vindicate the Switchblade okay. series. Maybe they turned uh, so. it around. There you go. And but Happy Cody hopped in. John Logue got the first nine-dart finish on television. So I oh, think I okay. watched that. So I, I, I guess we have, seen, we have seen this guy. I think I watched it on TV. Uh, this was a uh, uh, 
uh, game that was played that came out on the Amiga and the ST, both the same year. Uh, it's an ECS OCS two discs boat. Uh, this thing originally uh, cost you twenty five pound and ninety nine p boat for this one, which that's a chunk. That's a chunk of change from back well, in the day. No, that's, that's a that's a that's normally a normal game price. Amiga game, yeah. Uh, Listen, we play so much budget stuff that if it's over like two pounds, I feel like I'm getting screwed. That's the way. <laughs> well, in most cases, it. you are. So yeah. So uh, Harlequin. Now, boat. I know you. Uh, this game is two discs. There's a lot of game here, uh, but they they sort of uh, <coughs> did not go down the normal path uh, for Amiga games. There's no awesome intro on this thing. Uh, Boat, did you look into the uh, backstory of this game at all? Yeah. So oh, good. Harlequin, I was hoping you had. Let's hear it. Harlequin, that's his Christian name, <laughs> lives in a world of imagination. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he uh, he lives in this this world, Chimerica, and uh, and basically his life is a cornucopia of delight and wonder. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but at some point, as always happens to young Harlequins all over the world. He grows up, okay? The cat's in the cradle with the silver spoon. Oh, I hate would. that song so much. And he decides that he wants to give up this endless delight and wonderment for respect, money, and a career, okay? Yeah. Bad move. Okay? Yeah, he made the wrong call there at any boat. I gave up <laughs> my wonderment for that, and, there, and now I've spent all that money trying to get my wonderment back. Right. Exactly. And so... <laughs> Uh, now, off in this other land, they never really specify what other land uh, that Harlequin goes to. He hears that uh, times are rough in Chimerica. Sort of a scouring of the Shire type incident has happened where a bad wizard or a bad guy has moved in and is tearing up all the crap. Everybody's enslaved. And who needs to come and save the day? That's right, Harlequin. So Harlequin, uh, he he uh, he he shakes off the, the 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 business suit attire, and he finds his old Harlequin suit from when he was a boy, yeah. and he stretches that that skin tight edifice over his yeah. loins, and bam, he's back. Okay, he's back, and he's ready to tear things up in Chimerica. He did keep his business shades, though. You know, we just uh, me and the Brent a couple months ago. We had a game we played on the old Atari ST called Black Lamp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In this game, you play a court jester, similarly dressed to this guy. And uh, I will say that one thing that the Black Lamp guy had going for him was he shot fireballs from his groin, that region. You yeah. know, that, this I, guy, I, I, yeah. this that guy shoots hearts. Well, you can get a cream, I've heard. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, this guy shoots love, basically. Mm -hmm. Love. You know, because he's coming back to his childhood stomping grounds to cl to clean up the mess of his absence. Because when he wasn't around, boat, you know how it goes. Uh, it's like when I go away for a week, I come back to the house here, the love's gone, and everything's ruined. <laughs> you got to be careful; stuff will bite you. You know, there's dirt and crud hiding in the, in the, in the darkness. The exact same deal. <laughs> Random so animals have appeared in your living room. Yeah, and I can't tell you how many times I've had to come back and squeeze in the clothes I wore when I was eight. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough school boat. I can tell you that right now, brother. You need to be. Uh, do you still have that sweater from the picture where you're in the wheelchair? No, I'm afraid oh, not, man. boat. I'm never going to. In fact, I believe that was burned multiple times. <laughs> um, so that's a, it's an unusual backstory here where you're basically reclaiming your. And the funny thing is, when you read the this, the rule book has a, a quite a bit of uh, you know, several paragraphs devoted to the backstory here. And they go into how much wonderment and mirth uh, this guy enjoyed as as a as a young uh, Harlequin running around here, and so one would wonder uh, why he left in the first place. I guess he got. I mean, it sort of alludes to the fact that he kind of got bored. But he had. Yeah. It said he had endless worlds, endless worlds. Boat typical it's kid. You, it, it's like how can kids get bored today when they have the internet? That's what I. You know what's going on here, don't it's you? Endless worlds. You know, there's no women in this world either. Guy yeah. grows up. He wanted to go find a, a chick Harlequin. You know that's probably that's probably the real reason. They don't go into that in the manual, but I hear it's in the extended backstory. I will say one thing for this because this came out in '92, 
So he would have a rough time. If he'd waited about 25 years, there'd be Chick Harlequins to beat the band. He'd find mm-hmm. them at every street corner that have one. Right. Uh, so with all that said, the game itself, uh, the game proper boat, comes up on a real nice rendering of a, of a uh, of the guy's face. Uh, I, I thought it was you real think attractive. That's his face? What do you mean? Yeah, isn't it? I guess who who else's face could it be? Well, I guess you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I mean, what did you think? Well, I mean, it was? he's he, he's wearing makeup and he's not wearing makeup in the game. I mean, how do you? Well, you're right. You know, you kind of kind you can't kind of see his see his skin. I guess or yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's a big close up of his, of his head. Uh, yeah. And then, but and there's and of course we heard the cool music. Now listen, we're gonna. I'm just gonna jump into this right away with a pet peeve. It's a classic Amigos pet peeve, all right? The game comes up. It's You're thinking, hey, this looks like it's going to be pretty good. Music kicks up. It's all looking sweet, brother. And then mm-hmm. you start the game, you realize, hey, wait a minute. There's something missing here. Where's the freaking sound effects, brother? Well, that's because you don't get sound effects unless you change, no. turn off the music. You can toggle it. Uh, through a, you have to look in the, in the manual to find the key to do it. Uh, and then you lose the music, and it's only the sound effects, which are okay. They're not the right home about. What do you think about this? But here we are again, 92. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, in the world of the Amiga user, this is somebody that's not barely been exposed to what you call actual games. Oh, no. It probably didn't bother anybody because they were used to it. It's like eating dirt. When all you have to eat is dirt, you're used to eating dirt. You ever eaten and dirt so before? This is, yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> um, so... Am I going to bury this game because it just it 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 ascribed to the conventions of the day? No, because that's just what people were used to. Even though the Amiga could easily handle sound effects and graphics at the same time, it was difficult to program that in. You know, they oftentimes had different guys did the sound and the music. A lot of times, the music was farmed mm-hmm. out. You know, to Barry and, and Alistair and all these guys, they put the track in, and if you have to mix in the sound effects with that, that requires some additional what you call work. I don't and know if there Gremlin, was one thing though. they were bad it, about doing this, you know, with Lotus, they did it. It wasn't yeah, just them. It was everybody. me off. Other people got it. I played Lionheart. It's got both. You know, come Lionheart on. is the exception. It's the exception. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, if Lionheart, Lionheart the do it, family. I mean, other there, people there, do it. Yeah, other saying. people do do it, but that didn't bother me. This game commits much worse sins. So, uh, this game starts off, and you are the Harlequin, and you're. This is a platform game with some puzzle elements, boat. Uh, and you romp and stomp. You start the clock tower. You'll be coming back here. Uh, it's just a, sort of the central hub of the game. There's an, oh, you actually start kind of an overworld map. You don't get to pick, but it sort of shows you like the, this large. This the is large stupid, world. and I hate it. That was well, that's wait, the number one thing that that ticked me off about what, this game. We yeah, back up. What, what you lost me? Which what are you talking about that so you hate it? When you when you show an overworld map, yeah, and you don't give the player any agency to travel on the overworld map, why do you even bother showing it? This is your ghouls and ghosts type. It's just more like here's where you are, here's where you're going. That's the but they don't show you where you're going. Well, you, I mean, it gives you. You're going somewhere on the map, but just doesn't yeah, tell you exactly here, where. Again, this is the difference. Ghouls and ghosts, they do it right because they show you a map of where you start and where you finish. This game shows you a big old clock tower with some junk in the background, and then it says, "Hey, you're in Chimerica, brother. Let's go." That's it. Yeah. So, nevertheless, the game starts up. And this is a game where your guy, eventually you will, of course, uh, update your abilities. But you start off shooting hearts out of your chest. It's love. It's love. Sweet love that you you murder your opponents with. I don't know what that means. And the opponents on these levels, uh, this first level in particular, are these giant, like, weird-looking, like, clocky-looking guys. And then not to be outdone... There are some alarm clocks that roam around that fall from the sky randomly uh, as you go through the level. You also come across various weather patterns that will try to hose mm-hmm. you. Uh, you're, now, this game uh, has a button for hearts, up for jump. And the funny thing is, I played this uh, on the with the uh, with the uh, controller, the uh, CD32 controller, and I could never get it to naturally use a button for jump. I always well, I, was stuck with up to jump on this. I, I think I, the mistake you... that people make is thinking that the CD32 controller is going to be programmed to give you up for jump when it was clear that lots of people didn't want button for jump, and so they just didn't program it in the game at all. I did. Um, for, <laughs> I wanted it. <laughs> in my experience playing this on the Mister, 
yeah. the A button was conveniently mapped to the WHD load quit key. <laughs> every once in a while when i get hot and heavy in the action i'd press that and have to restart my game oh, it was man. glorious well you know i i, I must have a different whd load because uh, i'd have that trouble uh in fact i even got to, mine had a trainer so eventually i could turn i could go into like trainer mode dude so i did oh, some other interesting great. stuff to see some well i mean i wanted to see some of the uh, various levels that were mm. uh, on offer here boat because my skills weren't good enough now uh, just right out of the gate, as you go through this, uh, what you know, early on, you're, it's just it's a run and jump situation. I will say, there's some interesting, there's some interesting stuff they do. Uh, this is one of those games that gives you like a little like clues. So every once in a while, a light bulb will start, will, will uh, pop over your guys' head. If you stop moving, if you hit the space bar, uh, it, a message will appear, and it'll say something like. Uh, you, you know, you need to go up, or this is you know. Usually, it's a little, a little, uh, or like this door is barred. How can you they get call in? It a, they, they call it a hint. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, or 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 something to, like to further explain what you're looking at. You know, uh, helpful, helpful nods. Uh, and then uh, so they, I didn't find them that helpful, but they are there. Uh, you'll also come across uh, various pickups. Uh, you you come across uh, little packages that when you go across them they explode, and food comes out that's like health. But you here's a weird tip: if you don't get the if you don't fool with the package, it'll rewrap itself. You can come back later because you're going to be through here uh, more than once or twice. Uh, you'll also come across things to augment your powers, including st stuff like a uh, like an umbrella that'll help you float down easier. It's a little bit better uh, shots. Uh, Etc. And you'll also come across, like I said, these little clocks. The little clocks in this first level really suck, boat. For me, I thought they come out of the heavens, and they—you uh, just can't see them coming. They almost like fall on you, and they're just irritating. Uh, you also, we should mention, a Harlequin does have a health bar, uh, and he's also at the right-hand side of the screen. He's got this a uh, face, uh, and if when you uh, when you get enough pickups. Uh, to uh, to make that face fill up, and what you'll do is you get a an extra continue boat, which is kind of neat. Uh, when you die in this game, you you go to a continue screen, and if you have continues, you can continue. Otherwise, you're done. Uh, but you do get I, I thought you get a pretty decent amount of health. Um, when Harlequin comes on the screen, it's quite a sight. Uh, like lots of diamonds shoot out, you know, and kind of converge when your guy pops out. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting way to do it. It was. I thought it was attractive. Uh, things blow up in a satisfying way, and uh, uh, you know the bad guys in this are different looking. Uh, Boat, your initial thoughts when you uh, loaded this thing up? Um. Well, I was impressed by the way the game looked for sure. I thought mm -hmm. the 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 characters are drawn well. Yeah, obvious care was taken in drawing each one of the elements on the screen. Um, everything's pretty colorful. Uh, Harlequin looks good. He he. Uh, all of his different states of being are nice. He even has an idle animation. He's always hopelessly out of breath, which I guess makes sense given the way that he traverses the world. But if you stop moving, he'll huff and puff. His chest will expand. So it's yeah. kind of nice to see that. Um, the enemies are all drawn well. You know, a lot of the sprites are big. Um, and uh, they they all, you know, there's no just sort of static image moving across the screen. Right. Um, the first thing I thought was, okay, I'm going to test um, multiple things to see if this game uh, qualifies as a platformer that I would enjoy. Okay? Is this your old test criteria from the show, your old show? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, beautiful. Please go into okay. it. <laughs> and so the first, the first one is, is there variable height jump? Because this is something that every good platformer has had since 1985. If you tap the jump button, you jump a little bit. If you hold the jump button down, you jump more. You can uh, you can time your jumps and you can jump over enemies. You can really kind of control your guy with a pretty high degree of precision. This game does not have that. This game controls like Donkey Kong from 1981. Um, you have a one arc that you can jump in. Uh, you cannot jump uh, anything other than in that arc shape. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, are there a million things to collect and you're not sure what any of them do? The answer <laughs> is yes. There are a million things to collect. You can collect cakes. 
Uh, you can collect uh, rock sticks, which this is the thing. Do you know what a rock stick is? I've got a list here of all the things you can collect, but it's, it is a lot. Okay, I don't, know, rocks, I don't know what a rock stick is. It's okay, like in real life. I don't know what it is. No. Yeah, it is. It's a real life thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. What, like it's like a shillelagh so, or something? It's not a shillelagh, <laughs> oh, okay. actually. It's sort of like that, except it's more like a candy cane. So okay. a, a rock stick is like, oh. a, it's like a piece of rock candy that's in a stick shape. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because, yeah, rock candy. I'm, I'm buying okay. it. Yeah. Yeah, I did yeah. see so, that. I was confused by that too, but the Discord people set me straight. Yeah. Okay. You can, uh, go ahead. Read through the rest of the things that you can collect in this game since you got. Well, it let's see here. You like I said, we mentioned the umbrella, the jack in the box. Uh, you can hop on this thing. They on the manual they call it a space hopper, and it shoots you up, up in the air. Uh, fireworks. Uh, you can collect fireworks. Uh, you can collect hearts to give you extra firepower. Of course, you can collect food. To give you get you can get food, so that's yeah. And then there's yeah. a bunch of other stuff. Okay, now, there, we mentioned the continue play tokens that fills up a picture of Harlequin on the side of the screen. If you get enough of those Harlequin, you'll get an ex, you'll get a continue. Right now, I don't have a problem with putting collectibles in a game. It's an essential yeah. part of platforming. But when you have stuff that makes no, it, it, that, when you collect a teddy bear, for example, this does nothing. Okay, when you collect a stick of rock. It does nothing, okay? Why is it in the game? What is it there for? There's, there's no solid goodies, I guess. Yeah, there's no score. And that you will get things that say plus heart, okay, when you collect some stuff. And as you move through the level, your heart will change color. But there's no gauge. It's not like a like a shooter where you have different levels of power. So it's possible that these things change the power of your heart bullets. But it's never explained in the manual, and it's never uh, and there's no gauge on the screen that shows you anything about that. So, this is another thing. This is another strike against it. Okay. Uh, the next thing is, can I complete the first level in uh, in you know in under three minutes or so? No, heck no. Did I complete the first level? Yes, but it takes a long time. This is another one of your classic multi-scrolling European exploration platformers. If you like Yojo, you'll love Harlequin because they're almost the same game. Um, you're you're traversing through, actually it's, it's sort of like a mashup between Yojo and Gods because the main puzzle in this game is your classic switch puzzle. You've got to find a switch somewhere that opens a door or that allows you to reach an area or another switch that you can't operate unless you find the other switch, okay? So if you like switch puzzles, you're playing on the right system and you will like Harlequin. Um, this game does have multiple entrances and exits throughout levels. Uh, they will take you to various sub-regions. Uh, sub you'll go inside, you know, little corridors or sometimes you'll go into the water. What's great about that is that it mixes things up. What's not so great about that is that sometimes the doors don't lead to the same place all the time. This is mentioned in the manual, and they sort of laugh it off, like, this game's going to be hard to map. Well, yeah, if you make, if you make <laughs> doors come out of different places you know, at different times, that is going to make it difficult and frustrating. So is this game on the same level of platformer as uh you know what i consider to be the best on the on the amiga something like the adams family no is this game right underneath it i would say yes i think that this game has just as much going for it as a game like super frog is a game like kid chaos is a game uh -huh. like gods this is it's it's all the same sort of level design it's all the same sort of puzzles it's just under a different guise. And I will say that doing it in this sort of uh, make-believe land opens up the possibilities for level design. You can make a level about whatever you want because anything makes sense in the world of the Harlequin. And as you go through the levels, I played the first couple levels and then I looked at the rest, there are a big variety of, um, of stages. I mean, that you go to, you go all over the place and you do move around the, uh, the, 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 the overworld map. You don't actually move around it, but you, they show you where you're going beforehand. And the end of the game, probably the best thing about the game is the fact that the game has a real ending. Uh, you jump in the clock tower and you blast off. 
Um, and uh, as you do that, the credits roll. It's a very satisfying ending, especially when you compare it to, you know, like last week's game, which was just so horrible. Um, so, you know, I would give Harlequin, this is a solid B uh, platformer on the Amiga. It's not the best, but it's definitely not the worst. And if you're a fan of the Euro style exploration platformer, this is definitely one of the better ones on the system. Well, I I, I think I, I, I can parrot some of what you said there. Uh, you know, I I think this game does a little more than a lot of games do. And I mean, when I say that, it gets some stuff right. Uh, I like that you get a goodly amount of health, and there's a goodly yes. amount of health to pick up. Now, yes. again, you're going to go past some of these areas more than once, or more than twice, or more than three times, and so it doesn't. It's not the worst idea to not go if you don't need it. Don't take it. You know, mm-hmm. but it's I like that. I like, of course, I like it again that gives you little clues or hints, uh, which is fun. Uh, the level design is, it's not the worst. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. Uh, you're right. They do mix up the levels a lot, including levels where you, there's like a, a levels where you fly. There's levels where you become a fish and swim underwater. Uh, there's uh, levels at all sorts of different uh uh, there's a level where you're like on music. I don't know if you saw that one. I thought that was real cute. Yeah, uh, there's a uh, level where you're in in a, in a city. Uh, yeah. There's a level that's like a kitty level, sort of like something out of like um like a James Pond game. Yeah. is in there. So there's one where they sort I of, think they and, and just Mario Brothers and one. Yeah, and straight up, this is a better game than RoboCod. So all those RoboCod lovers out there, listen. If you want to play something that's a lot better. Play this game. Why do you hate RoboCod? I've never understood your hatred of that game. I, you did hate you, it on the show we did, and well, I like. I don't hate RoboCod. I thought it was when a, I, I started thinking clever. about all the people that think about RoboCod being the pinnacle of Amiga platforming, who it just thinks burns that? Me up. Who Lots thinks of people that? Do. Nobody. Listen, I've never heard anybody. Say I get that. messages. <laughs> if you're sending messages about how much you love RoboCod, please stop. He's got an unhealthy obsession with hatred for that game. That guides. Uh, but uh, I think. Uh, there, were, I mean, listen. Uh, sometimes we get on the uh, various games on uh, various systems for not uh, putting enough thought into it, or not being creative enough, or not having enough different stuff. And I think this is a game where they actually really let themselves go. And you're right. Yeah. The the motif, the plot of this game, sort of opens it up to do any sort of nutty, nutty thing, you know. And so they, and I think they did. Uh, I, I agree with you, by the way. One of the Achilles heels in this game is the jumping. So when you jump, you're, you've got an arc. Now, you can change direction when you jump, but you can't, you can't vary the height or distance of you. You're going you're gonna to cover it even if you bounce back the other way. And so what that does is it, it's almost horrible, but it's bad because that, you have to, like, it means you have to take off in a very specific point. Or make a crazy landing where you have to sort of jerk backwards at the last minute. Now, what does this now, mean? I, I wanna, Irritation I talk a little, is what it means. I want to talk a little bit more about the jump. So the jump yeah. is, again, I'm going to bring back, there's a lot of comparisons between this game and Donkey Kong. Okay, In Donkey Kong, the key to success in the game is to mastering is mastering that arc. And that's the key to success in this game. Also, like Donkey Kong, and my number one least favorite thing about this game that really drags it down from an A platformer to a B platformer is the fact that there's fall damage in this game. You cannot have a game where you're encouraging the player to explore by vertically climbing heights of platforms and then punish them by not, by not knowing how to judge a jump properly by making them lose health. They put the umbrella in there to mitigate that, and I'm yep. glad that they do. But they just shouldn't have – you should not have had fall damage in this game. What the umbrella should allow you to do is to uh, position yourself, if you do miss a jump, to not go all the way to the bottom of whatever stage you're trying to work your way up from. But including fall damage in a game like this is a cardinal sin, and it's it's singly, it's singly the worst thing about this game. Well, you sort of, that's exactly where I was heading. The jump, like, you can get away with this sort of jumping in Donkey Kong because you're not, it's not a different kind, and it's a different kind of, of game. It's a different kind of You also see the whole stage ahead of you. So you, yeah, can, yeah. you can, you know what you're doing before you do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. This is, I hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it, but you're right. 
This is exactly the way Donko works because you can you Donko you can switch in midair too, but you're not taking these huge huge deadly jumps across half the zone. You know when you're playing Donkey Kong, you're jumping a barrel. You know, and sometimes you did flip 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 back. I tried to get used to the jumping in this, and what makes it worse, and you uh, uh, not to parrot you again, but you you took the words out of my mouth. When you have that fall damage, it makes you it what what this is. It makes it frustrating. Because if I'm just jumping from platform to platform, that should be something I can do. All right, it shouldn't be something that requires. Uh, this isn't. This shouldn't be a game where difficult controls are part of the game. That's dumb. This game's good enough on its own right to just be a game. We've played plenty of games where they make the controls suck because that's part of the way the game works. This shouldn't be that kind of game. And there's no reason that you couldn't have made this guy more controllable in the air. You know, as opposed to, it's just frustrating. And then when you fall off something, you should, a jump you think you should have made, and then you take fall damage, it is irksome. And what's even worse is that you can fall a great distance in this game, and then you've got to redo all that stuff. It's one of those. Uh, and that also gets frustrating real quick. Yeah. The, the, uh, you know. the having the having to backtrack when you make a mistake because if you're if you're playing a Japanese style platformer most of the time you misjudge a, a jump you fall to your death and then you you restart a little bit back where you where, where you where you were before because you're you're traveling laterally but yeah. in a game like this where the majority of the stages involve climbing these big structures you make one mistake and you're just repeating what you've done before ad nauseum yeah. and again. For people that are used to this type of game, this is part and parcel. Again, it just shows you the insularity of the European developer because they were only playing stuff that were it was within their sphere. And if they if they weren't, they would be designing games based on best practices, and that's just not the case. So it's hard to fault them as much because what you do get is you get sort of games that 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 are sort of developed in these creative vacuums. But the, the downside is, is that when you expect a game to look like this, you expect it to control a certain way, and when it doesn't, it becomes frustrating. There's a couple of other things this game that the guys did that were uh, I find odd, about, if you, if you want the truth. The music is one of them, but the fact that there's really no, there's no, music, there's no opening screen at all. I mean, you just basically you hit the button and you're in the game. There's a credit screen. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that this game actually has uh, you can save your game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you have to it yeah it's in the it's in the manual. Uh you can save your position pretty much anywhere you want and then load mm -hmm. that position, which is good. That's a that's great. Why don't you have that on your opening screen? You know, right. If, much right beside the, the fact that you can turn the music and sound effects on. That's goofy that they didn't have that. It's odd to the, me that the they just... and again this is this is the uh, another sort of when you have a game that's literally developed by one person, you're expecting that one person to be a pro at all aspects of the game, not just the game, but the UI and everything like that. And so it's understandable why that whole load-save system is awkward. The, it, it's unfortunate that we don't have a, the, a way to put that up on the screen, but if you get a chance to play this on your own, it, the, the whole thing is just done very poorly. But yeah, the fact that it's in here is very, very good. I... Uh, um... Uh, yeah, because this is a game that is, it's just not like a, one of those, you, if you know what you're doing, you beat it in 20 minutes sort of affairs. This is hours and hours and hours of running around. And this is not the kind of game you're probably going to sit in and beat in one, uh, in one playthrough. Plus, you're going to need to save your games just because some of this stuff, again, when I mentioned that the level design was not the worst, it still has some of the tendencies of the worst. Lots of blind jumps, lots of times where you just fall places trying to understand what the game wants you to do. You know, I had a lot of that, like lots of getting lost, uh, you know, on, not so much on the first level, but on subsequent levels, I, mean, I could get lost or get to points where I couldn't figure out what to do, you know. And so there's a lot of it there where you kind of want to uh, where you kind of want to save the game. But, you know, overall, uh, I'm kind of like you. I would not call this. an. I mean, when I think of an A title on the Amiga that's a platformer, it's be it's better than this. Uh, but. When I think of a B-level platform, this is in that wheelhouse. I like it more than a lot of them. I like the character. I even like the the plot is di unique. Uh, 
Yeah, I think yeah. they they put a lot of effort into this. This wasn't this wasn't a, some throwaway. I mean, these guys really went to work on this, and you can tell. And there are little touches. The screen there there are some little tricks they pu- pull when the when the uh, when you go in and out of doors where the game sort of uh, gives you like a the the light sort of dims and there's like a an effect that they put in that's real nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, some of the, and there are there are parts of some of the levels that are quite clever. There's a bit where you swing on these big on these like big pendulums, which is pretty cool. Uh, your guy can do a lot of stuff that you don't even think about. Like he can sort of like pull a zool and slide down like that. He can jump. Mm-hmm. He can grab stuff. So he's he's a fun character, you know. And if you just play with the music on, which I did for a while, the music's real nice. You know, I mean, you know, Pajaka, no hack. Pajaka brings up a good point because I meant yeah. to talk about this before and I forgot. This game reminds me in, uh, of Earthworm Jim a whole, whole lot. The level design is very similar. You've got a, sort of a wacky character, you know, not as wacky as an Earthworm, of course. But this game definitely, that's it. And, and again, if you really want to see sort of the evolution of the Euro platformer into the 90s, Earthworm Jim is probably the best example uh, of that. And I like Earthworm so, Jim, but you don't. You don't like him at all, do you? Well, I, the, the game doesn't control well. It doesn't control like I think it should. And I think so it's, it's, it's got hard a lot of charisma. That. Yeah, that's, he does. That's, He's got charisma yeah. out the wazoo. And I'll give cle- him that. I think it's a clever game. But, yeah, it's um, it's definitely a more – when I think of, like, the difference between a Japanese platformer, say, and a European platformer, the European platformers are just more loosey-goosey. It's, sometimes that's okay. You know, but Japanese ones are a lot more pinpoint when the on on. Uh, well, it's you... just, and I'm you know, people people think that I, I I hate Amiga platformers, but it's it's really the fact that I'm there's a certain kind of control scheme that is natural to me. You know, when I when I am playing a game that controls really well, like Mega Man or 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 Mario or or the Adams Family. The, contr- the character on the screen, when I move a button or I push a direction, he responds in a way that I think is right. And when you don't have that, you're that's that's the whole game. When the game doesn't control like you think it should control, that hampers so much of the fun that you can have with the game. So, you know, when you combine that with the sort of, you know, vertical uh, levels that punish you by making you repeat sections over and over for mistakes, uh, you know, it's just it's it's hard for me to totally get on board. But like I said, for a game in this genre, this is definitely one of the better ones, and it's worth playing. This is a this game is definitely worth playing on the Amiga. Some people uh, fondly refer to this as like the Amiga's uh, Metroid. Uh, you know, in terms of the place, the play type, where you're moving back and forth across the same terrain, sure. you know. Yeah. So I, yeah. And I, I, at first, I was like, what the? But I mean, I can see where they're coming from. I haven't played some Metroid. My, you know, I'm the only person on yeah, earth that it, liked the Wii version of Metroid. By the well, way, well, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, <laughs> and again, I'm not a huge fan of the Metroid series because of that. I don't like all of the backtracking. I don't like the feeling of being lost that you get when you play Metroid. So yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, but I mean, I think. This, there's a lot going for it, and this is a real, a real. Uh, it makes you happy. When I was reading the reviews on uh, Lemon, uh, I like to go through and just. And people liked the vibe of this game, and I. And listen, having played a lot of platformers, this does have a positive sort of happy vibe. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not you're not walking through the sewer the entire right. time. You and know, or you're not, not in a post-apocalyptic world. You're 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 in places that have like food. And fun, and there's candy, and there's you know there's all kinds of pretty stuff, and there's yeah. the and colors it's also, are vibrant, you know. It's not garish like Trolls AGA was either. Like this game is is bright. Oh, it's and way colorful, better than that, yeah. But it's not just so in your face, trying to throw everything at you that it just be, it just comes off as garish. So this is a happy medium, and and I do agree with those reviewers. This is this is a game in the in the sort of grim dark Amiga universe that we often found ourselves in. Uh, this game is is a breath of f- fresh air and uh and it is worth playing let me ask you a question and then we'll go to the reviews here let's just for fun let's say they 
they made the jumping more Mario style and less Donkey Kong Jumpman style. All right, controllable jump. If it, if if that was the case, how much more could you have gotten out of this? They got rid of the fall damage. Those two small things. I think that's really what separates this from an A or a B. I think that yes. it controlled the jumping and the fall damage. Because I can get past the rest of it. Like I said, the, the level design's okay. You know, yeah. and and the rest of it's okay. Those are really the hang ups I have with it. It's just that I don't like the way he jumps and I don't like the punishment you get for failing the jump because the jump is so stupid. You nailed it. You nailed yeah, it. There you go. Um, Bo, do we get any Discord action on this bad boy? We did. We got some reviews this week. Our first review comes from the living legend himself, Graham W. Vebby. Oh. He says, will this be a platform game John actually likes? This is a very unique but fine example of a platform game. Like the concept and the atmosphere of this game. It's very different to the usual fare, especially using hearts of different colors as the weapon and getting special items from present boxes. I think the music is quite good, the sound effects are great, and the art really suits the atmosphere. Unfortunately, again, you can't have the music and effects together, so I prefer the effects when I play. Yep. It's actually quite a playable game. It scrolls and animates well, and not once did I think I failed because of non-responsive controls. But some of the enemies are a bit nasty and cheap in the way they stop you. Jumping is a little floaty, but once you get used to it, it plays just fine. The levels are uniquely themed and designed, and each level does have a bit of backtracking to find switches and things in the order to complete the level. There are lots of little touches in this game, which in my opinion add to its overall polish. The light bulb when you reach a key point on the level, and if you stand still it gives you a clue, or the huffing and puffing of your character after doing lots of running, or even those special item boxes which close up if you don't collect the item are there, and then it's there later when you return for it. Yes, it has an underwater level, but it's probably one of the most playable underwater levels I can recall. The more I play this bonkers Gremlin graphics game, the more I like it. It's almost at the level of gods for me. So Graham liked it. 8 out of 10, Graham gives it. Harlequin, uh, writes Pajaco6502. Everyone apparently raves about this game, and I have memories of it being well-received back in the day. I haven't really played it until now, so maybe you had to have experienced it back then to truly love it. I do recall having a one-level demo on a magazine disc and being quite enamored back in the day. But this is a tough game with floaty controls and punishing level design. You will fail and have to go back around, redo sections over and over. And those same controls will see you easily missing platforms that are a mile wide. And it's a real shame because with tighter controls, this could be, for me at least, an amazing game. On the flip side of the coin, the graphics and soundtrack are amazing. I would urge you to have a play if you haven't, because it's unique and you never know. Maybe this is your cup of tea. While I struggled with the controls, I can see something cool and want to play more. So this gets a 7 out of 10 for now, and I'll revisit this sometime in the future. And he says, P.S. Playing with the joystick is better. So go with a classic joystick for the best experience. Those are our Discord reviews, Aaron. Uh, we, I did have a look to see how this reviewed uh, amongst... Uh, the people at the time. Uh, the folks over at Lemon uh, like this game pretty good. They give it a 7.59, which is a pretty good score on Lemon. Uh, and it's funny reading the reviews. Like I said, there a lot of people are real, really uh, into this game, the, the plot especially. The magazines were fairly kind, uh, with scores ranging uh, from the 90s, with the lowest score being Amiga Joker. Would you think they'd like it, being a Joker in there? 74%, so for Amiga Joker, that's a lofty score. Yeah, uh, and most of the magazines have this uh, somewhere in the uh, uh, 70s or 80s. The uh, the average magazine review rating was 88, percent which I think is a pretty decent score. I I would probably put this somewhere in the in the lower 80s if you if I was going to score it, just for the origin, uh reasons that we mentioned about. Uh, one a couple things I stumbled upon when I was just doing a little research on this. This game had a long lost Genesis port. Uh, that oh, was okay. where they changed the they changed the lead character, changed the story. Never got released. I believe it's out there if you want to purchase it. Uh, if you do a mm -hmm. little research, I can't recall the name of it. But now get this. Uh, I also watched a video where a guy was talking about uh, how this at one time was being reskinned to be released as a game based on the band Madness, uh, which oh. apparently never came to fruition. So if, I, I like that band. I just heard I was listening to some of their stuff just uh, at work of the day. Me and my buddy are both big fans of Madness. And if you're a big uh, fan of uh, of the Young Ones, they're one of the few acts that were on the Young Ones multiple times. 
because they were the perfect band for that show. So they were a good band. I don't know how they would have done for a reskinning of this game, but I mean, why not? It builds itself as a strange game. So, uh, by the way, I, you know this we didn't mention this, but this game does build itself as like the strangest game ever or whatever. We like this has got nothing on the game like weird dreams. I mean, I, it's not that strange. I like that. It's were, not that I, strange at all. You know, yeah, I, but, I think but, this uh, is a, it's a it's a it's it's a great marketing tactic though. Yeah. Uh, lastly, if you're interested in picking this up, and by the way, I would have bet sweet sweet money that I own this. I looked in my collection trying to find it, but I don't. If I had it, I don't know. I don't have it now. Uh, but you can pick these up if you're in the UK uh, for somewhere around twenty bucks. I think this was a pretty big seller. Uh, back in the day boat. So I think that there are plenty of these things around. But so on the boat scale boat, where do you put this? This is, a, I'm right there with you. I would give this, this is a solid uh, 85. I'm right there with you. This is one you should give a shot. And if you can get comfortable with the jumping, uh, you might get into it. Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents? Next time, don't try to fix it yourself. Send your broken Amiga to Retro Rewind. Get a full diagnostic, a reasonable estimate, and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting-edge repair equipment. Save 10% off your repair with the promo code AMIGOS10. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca for supporting this episode. All right, Aaron, big week of uh, Amiga news this week. Not so much for the games and the software, as much as uh, some of the uh, local events that are going on in the Amiga and adjoining communities. All right. We start with a an event, a rarity, an Amiga, or actually a more of a Commodore event right here in the United States of America. The Southeast Michigan Vintage Computer Club is, uh, is rocking and rolling. Their next meeting coming up on April 6th, Aaron. Uh, the swap meet is now free of charge. So, uh, you Good know, the, uh, one of the, the biggest things of BoatFest uh, last year was our auction. And uh, so whenever you get people together, they're always going to want to bring stuff that they'd like to find a new home for. And thanks to uh, Amigos sponsor and also a sponsor of the Southeast Michigan Vintage Computer Club, Retro Rewind, they are sponsoring the swap meet. Uh, this is uh, big news for uh, Adam and his crew. Uh, we want to give them a big shout out. Uh, Adam, of course, has the Commodore Chronicles podcast. Uh, and uh, so if you are in the Southeast of Michigan region, uh, make sure you head over to semichiganvcc.blogspot.com and put this event on your calendar. It's going to be a good one. You know, uh, I believe it's funny. We had uh, the last Internet's Computer Club, uh, I think uh, uh, Frank at Richard Rewind and Adam, like, uh, got together and did they? And thanks to that little hookup, they they launched this thing. They had their first meeting. It was a big success. There's video of it, and I suspect that in that area, you're gonna get a lot of action. It's not like you're in Hurricane Boat. I mean, this is like, mm -hmm. you know, there's Detroit and crap around there. So they've got. I mean, that's a huge. That city's got more people than our whole state, probably. Yes, uh, so that's true. they're they're gonna get a lot of action up there. And uh, Adam's a good man to uh, to run the show uh, with. He's got a infinite uh, Commodore knowledge right across the board. So this should be a good time. And hopefully uh, someone out there will send us some video of the swap meet because we both like to. I've got swap meet fever, brother. Unfortunately, all the swap <laughs> meets around here turn to crap. You know, there's not a lot of highfalutin uh, retro computer collectors here in the, in the home area. You know, I get a hillbilly flea market these days, and I think I tapped that sucker out, boat. So we don't get yeah. that. We don't get that kind of action anymore. Only a boat fest. Only a Only boat, fest. boat. Yeah, that was boat fest by info. Get your tickets now. Yeah, remind me not to All buy right, stuff this year, for God's sakes. <laughs> Next up, uh, my personal favorite, uh, Mister Front End for the Amiga Mega AGS, has released a new version. This actually was released at the end of, of December, but I just got around to uh, downloading it, and it is amazing. 
Uh, of course, there's lots of different front ends available. You've got the Mini Amiga. Uh, you've got sort of the various homegrown front ends. You can always run Tiny Launcher off there. I prefer Mega AGS because of the category sorting and the fact that I can run the entire operation with a controller in the laziest position possible, like a slug on my recliner. This is the. Um, this was formerly known as the Amiga Game Select or something like that. What? No, no, this has Amiga always been. Vision. This is. This has always been. Well, yeah, there was Mega AGS is still what it comes up as. It's yeah. really confusing and dumb. What they done? I was saw they, that they right changed the name, and I was like, "What do I did that?" Yeah, <laughs> but I guess it was reason. They took a name that everybody knew and gave it a name that nobody knows, and still keep the old game, the the old name when you load it up. So there you go. But I think Amiga Vision was like some old software. I think I got the discs for it. And just an yeah. FYI, the, uh, Mega AGS is actually in a Mini Amiga, so you could use that. It's got all. It's got, it's expressible support. In fact, I think a, Amy Jimmy helped shot. launch that back in the day. Oh, so, it's yeah. fantastic, and yeah, I'm yeah. sure by this time next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about that new version of uh, of a Mini Mega. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you can't wait, uh, you can check this out. Uh, this has got, of course, all of the new games that were released last year, all of the new demos, and I really like these focus categories where they they break things down games by year, uh, different genres, and they also have something called PD Golden Age and PD Silver Age. So uh, as we move through, especially at Amigathon this year, we'll be able to jump back and forth different categories and uh, and and fire some of these things up. Yeah. Um, again, it you can download this. Yeah, you can download this for free right now uh, by going over to the Internet Archive, where all of these things are. And, and just like with everything with the Mister, it's a very easy install, uh, and uh, you can you can check that out. Yeah, I agree. I think it's dandy. But next up, Aaron. Uh, this is going on as we speak. Amiga Ireland 2024 yes. uh, is currently uh, rocking and rolling. Uh, tickets are still available because tomorrow, if you're watching live and you are in the vicinity, you can still pick up a ticket because, of course, Saturday is the big day for Amiga Ireland. Right now, we've got Pixels of Dawn is there. Uh, are there any other people from the Discord that you know of that are there, Aaron? <sighs> not, not right off the top of my head. I knew Pixels was there. I don't know. Is, did Ravi go to this? I don't know. Oh yeah, Ravi, Ravi is also there. You know, so, Ravi's yeah. in our yeah, Discord, so he's probably. I don't know if Dan went this year, uh, and I don't know. Did uh, Neil go to this boat? I can't. I think he did not. Right. Uncertain. Uncertain. But at any rate, uh, of course, Amiga Ireland, sort of the original uh, 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 Amiga festival uh, that that oh, we Anthony know about. Anthony Jarvis is there. Uh, so our perfect, good buddy Anthony. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and of course, this year, unfortunately, I was not able to make it because I already did a UK, or I was already over in the general area earlier this year. But I hope one day to return to the friendly confines of Athlone. And uh, you can, uh, of course, uh, I don't think that they've got a stream or anything going up, but they always have some footage after the effect that, that they, they threw up on YouTube. So uh, anyway, uh, good luck to all of the organizers over there. We hope you have a good show, and uh, and uh, we can't wait to hear from Pix when he returns. You know, you got screwed going to this. Was it last year you tried to go to this? They got hosed. Yeah. And if yeah. you tried to go yeah. this year, there's every possibility you'd have gotten screwed again because of the weather <laughs> right. has been bad all week. Plus, they had all that stuff with that plane getting grounded. I, th yep. I read that like 2,000 or something like that flights have been canceled. So right. uh, you would probably have gotten screwed again. And this is, right. I mean, listen, air, air travel is a, is a, it can be a bear, bear travel. Mm -hmm. uh, but, mm -hmm. uh, hey, uh, good luck. I, I wore my special uh, Amigos Ireland T-shirt from a couple years ago to celebrate I always like what's the fella's name that runs this? Him and his wife, right? And they're one. Well, they they don't they don't they haven't run it for the past two years. They're, oh, I see. So a, I see. Well, we like these guys, and they were always nice to you, Boat. I mean, you and you had a good time over there every time I you did. went. So I hope I hope there's someone there right now streaming the show. And if you are, I give you a fine hidey ho, and I hope you have a good time, Boat, there over there. And me and Boat would like to go together someday. You never know, yes. Boat. It could happen, brother. Let's let's make our next trip to uh, Amiga Ireland hand in hand. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right to the bar. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's Amiga news, Aaron. Sounds good to me. You ready to see what we're playing next week, Boat? Let's see. Let's see. Oh man, it's public domainia, Boat. Next week, That's public right. domainia. That's right. 
And we do have a uh, a, a line on our next game. Our next game uh, for next week is a Pac-Man inspired game called Platman. 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 Can it be better so, uh, than Crapman for the Atari <laughs> ST? That's that's that where, that's my question. new low end. If it can be better than that, because that game infuriated me on many levels. So we'll see well, how Platman does. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, and that's going to do it for this week. We want to thank everybody that's watching us live on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming, if you want to take part in the chat. If you like the show and you want to sign up to be a patron, that gives you access to our Discord server, the friendliest Discord server on the Internet. We have brand, brand new magnets for 2024. You get, and, of course, you get the satisfaction of knowing in your heart that you've helped us along with almost 500 weeks straight of Amiga goodness. Oh, All right, man. guys. Thanks, as always, for listening. We will see you next week. And until then, adios. Amigos is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Patreon supporters help choose the games we play, receive exclusive magnets, and get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. Visit patreon.com slash amigospodcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community.